Good morning, and welcome to episode 214 of The Morning Light Show. On today's episode, we have Jesse Harless, who is passionate about and taking action towards that passion on changing the addiction and recovery spaces. He is a living example of focusing your energy and attention towards your future aspirations and what you want your life and your energy to be. And he offers guidance to support people that are in recovery in becoming the fullest and best versions of themselves by focusing on their purpose and on their strengths. And on today's show, he is going to inspire you with his wisdom, with his rituals, and really just with his way of being so that you too, no matter where you are, no matter if you have anything to do with the addiction and recovery spaces, you are going to find some examples and some tips and some ideas for how you can become the best version of you from Jesse Harless on today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Light Show. I'm your host, Adair Cates. This show will offer you insights and inspiration to free your spirit, open your heart, and start your day off light and bright. Well, this morning we have a real treat, Morning Light Show listeners, because we have Jesse Harless on with us. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Dare. We are going to be diving into what Jesse is most passionate about, which is an uber inspiring, I'm going to call it a movement that he is really heading up to disrupt the recovery industry and to change the way that we think about addictions and the way that we treat addictions. And I met Jesse through the exchange facilitation training that I did in Cleveland in April. And we're part of that community together. And every time I'm on a call with Jesse or see something that he posts in our Facebook group, I'm always inspired. In fact, the last call that I was on with Jesse, I, I counted, I think I cried probably five times while you were talking about your work, Jesse. Um, it's super inspiring to me. And I think it's something that everybody can relate to because every single person knows somebody or some of them are people who have struggled with or continue to struggle with addiction. So Jesse, I really want you to dive in first by telling us about um, entrepreneurs in recovery and what that is and your passion for what it is. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor to be on your show today. And yeah, Entrepreneurs of Recovery was, is just, it was a vision of mine that became a reality. And, and the mission behind it is to elevate the lives of people in addiction recovery who might be lost, stuck, or lack direction to gain clarity in order to live a life of purpose. So that's the mission. So how do you accomplish that mission? Well, one of the ways was through facilitation of workshops that you can actually do, which I do, at addiction treatment centers in structured sober living homes. And even with entrepreneurs in recovery, I do this. I do this with local businesses that are owned by entrepreneurs in recovery. So I will bring out this facilitation methodology. So entrepreneurs recovery is really just a way to, to bring self-empowerment, personal empowerment to people in addiction recovery because if you can help someone with addiction, uh, you know, 
raise, if you give them a chance, they're going to, they're going to thrive because that obsessive compulsive, that pull that, you know, Oh, I gotta, you know, and, and I say as a, as a whole, um, society we're addicted, you know, consumerism yeah. and, you know, all these different things, even our thoughts, we get addicted to our emotions and we just play it, keep replaying that emotion. But the, the point is that how do you, how do you get past that? And then once you do that, how do you then set your attention on a mission, a personal mission? And that's what entrepreneurs recovery facilitation and training does, which is the biggest part of my business is to show people tools that they can use. They experience the tools in real time and then they bring the tools out into, into the world. So for instance, they might learn about mindfulness and visualization. I don't know many people who are teaching how do you visualize other than maybe our friend Hal Elrod, but we don't learn about visualization and, and uh, we're not taught that at school or college. So mm -hmm. you come into a workshop I run, you're gonna learn visualization. You're gonna experience it first and then realize like, wow, maybe I can do this on my time too. Maybe take a couple deep breaths in and then visualize my day. And then maybe I'll visualize the week. And so you start to, to use new tools. So that's kind of the, the high level version of, of the work I do. Oh my gosh, that's so great. So I, I wrote down a couple of notes as you were talking and I wrote down the words energy and attention because I think what happens, especially in, I'm assuming, because I've fortunately have not had a lot of personal experience with these, you know, recovery centers and, um, addiction recovery and that type of thing. But I love what you're saying about, you know, everybody's got some type of addiction and if we can harness our energy and our attention in ways that are more productive or more purposeful or that lead us to be the greatest version of ourselves, then we're at a point of power versus a point of, of victimhood. And I'd love for you just for a second to talk a little bit more about what you're saying around addiction, because I really think if we all got real with ourselves, we all have some type of addiction and some way that we're channeling our focus and our attention that's not serving us. Um, so I want you to talk a little bit more about that just in general. Yeah, it's a paradigm shift for people. You know, when they think of addiction, immediately it's drugs and alcohol. Like that's what they go to. We need yeah. to shift that perspective. It's actually your likes on Instagram, your phone. You, you think you check your phone 10 times a day. You're checking your phone 70 to 150 times a day. So there you go. Like that, that's what I'm talking about. So subtle addictions that we don't even call that. We call them a bad habit. But the reality is, is a lot of these. thing that always comes up too, right? Like just yes. being addicted to food. Anyway, keep going. Food is a big one. Yeah. So food, you know, even the way we eat today and, and, and the way that we do that to numb emotions, like we don't realize that by doing that, it creates this perpetual cycle that leads to long-term health consequences. So that to me is an addiction. You know, if it has negative consequences, it's an addiction. So it's just to simplify addiction. It's anything we do repeatedly that has negative consequences. So whether it's short or long-term to me. So, you know, in the short term, yeah, if you're doing drugs and alcohol, let's just push alcohol aside for a second. Let's just say you're, you're doing, you know, heroin or something. Like, it's not going to take long to have lots of issues, social, you know, work issues. But something more subtle like, you know, eating lots of processed foods and mm -hmm. things that don't serve you, that is not going to have an immediate impact. Mm -hmm. It will on your energy. It will on your productivity. So that's question, but it, in the long term, it is going to be on your health, on your arteries, on your body, the taxation of the body. So, 
So what I mean by addiction is just like in general to, to be free of a lot of these, mm-hmm. these things that we don't take as addiction and, and even just like fear, we can be addicted to fear. You know, it's like, well, I could ask my boss for a raise, but I'm just, you're just wrapped in the fear and you've played that fear story out for 10 years. So like, to me, you're addicted to fear and that's not serving you because you could be doing something else. And so that's how I kind of look at this thing. It's, it's, we, we all have this. If we're all one, we're all connected. Well, that means we all have some type of, you know, uh, connection to this addiction. It's not just these people here. And so, you know, uh, that's kind of how I look at it. And uh, that's as deep as if you want me to go. That will- Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. Like I'm, I've, you've got me thinking about all kinds of different things right now. And I just think it, just you saying that takes away the stigma of the whole idea of addiction, because we can always get real with ourselves and say, well, man, I kind of am addicted to my phone or I kind of am addicted to, um, you know, chocolate chip cookies or whatever it is. And like you said, the differentiation between like a a drug like heroin is that that's going to have a quicker, immediate effect on you. Whereas, you know, something like checking your phone or eating for emotional reasons, it may not catch up with you as quickly, but it still is, it's still real. And I love what you said. It's still taking a piece of your energy, regardless of, you know, if you're gaining those 10 pounds or whatever from overeating, or um, if you're having connection issues in your, your relationships because of your phone or whatever it might be, all the consequences are still there. And it's still an opportunity for us to check in and evaluate ourselves. And I guess where I want to go with this now is because I know this is something that gets talked about in the addiction and recovery world is like, how might we become aware of these things and also at the same time, not judge ourselves? Yeah. So that's, that's really key is like, how do we become aware? Cause we're so habitual. So how do we become aware of these things? So one of the ways to become aware is to practice mindfulness. So one of the ways you become aware is to take five minutes in the morning. If you're not, if you don't have a meditation practice now, take five minutes tomorrow and just sit with yourself and just breathe for five minutes. Yeah. everybody. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry. I interrupted you a little bit there. Yeah. I preach this like crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that's how you'll know if you can't sit in silence for five minutes or 10 minutes. I'm not saying to stop all your thoughts. That doesn't make any sense. What I'm saying is what's coming up and what's the body? The body is an intelligence, right? The body has an intelligence. It tells you things, right? It tells you, hey, I shouldn't eat this. And then you do it, right? And then you you have a a, a consequence of energy or something that happens. So just having this time with yourself that you're listening to not all the the thousands of thoughts, but some of those things that you just know are there like, hmm, maybe my drinking three glasses of wine every night, maybe I need to look at that. Maybe that's not helping me live my best life, you know? Um, So those are the types of things that will come up with a mindfulness practice. So I think that's probably the easiest way is just like, you don't have to have a one hour meditation practice. Start with like five minutes and then you can work your way up, but that will really tell you, your your body will tell you, It it will say, hey, we're not so happy about your choices of staying up till three in the morning and doing, the, you know, whatever. And, and so that's kind of what I would do is start with mindfulness practices. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And then once those things come up and you have the awareness, how do you not like 
go immediately into judgment. Cause I think that's what so happens for a lot of people. I know sometimes it happens for me too, as I immediately start beating myself up or judging myself. And then that just keeps me stuck as well. So how do you, how do you have these conversations and you can bring in, if you want to talk about, you know, specifically in addiction, I'm sure there's a lot of shame and guilt and a lot of negative emotions that hold people back. So how can, how can we be better about just allowing it to be and not being so judgmental? Yeah. Shame is a big deal. So shame actually kills. So stigma you mentioned kills and shame kills. So a lot of times we don't, we don't do anything about what we're facing is because of shame. We don't want to tell someone about this or we just don't have any safe people that we can just share our true selves, our true authentic selves with. Mm. You know, we have a lot of relationships that are surface level, but we don't have any that are safe where I could come and say, hey, listen, I'm really battling with some severe anxiety and I really need some help. And even though you look like I, it looks like I have it all together and I'm, it looks like I'm thriving, I'm in the inside, I'm full of anxiety and fear. Mm. And so I actually battled that personally. And, that was in, and I was actually 10 years removed from drugs and alcohol. So 10 years in recovery and lots of tools. And, and I had even like a degree in master's in mental health counseling. And I still was battling with, with severe anxiety. And so, you know, and I had to take a hard look at that. And the, one of the re- ways I was able to, one, help myself was I had a rec- what I call a recovery team. I call it a recovery. We all should have a recovery team, mm-hmm. especially if you have, you know, addiction, but recovery team is like, who are the top five people that you can go to and be your authentic self with and share the real stuff, the real stuff. So I had people that I could go to and be like, Hey, you didn't know this about me, my friend, but I've been battling with this anxiety for a long time. And they're not going to say to me, dude, just get over it. Like read a book. Like, like that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. They're just going to listen to me. And then they know that I'll find those answers. Like I'll find the answers to what ails me. And believe it or not, one of the answers that helped it was cold showers. And the cold showers was a gift that my friend told me about, my friend Nick. And, you know, after he told me about the cold showers, I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's insane. It's December. It's New Hampshire. (laughs) But I did it anyways, because there was something that was there in the energy of it. I said, let me do it. And it changed my life. I did the 30 day challenge of it. And then I ended up, you know, writing a book about it. And the reason why is because by taking that one simple habit and doing it every day, it caused a ripple effect. And the ripple effect was I did something uncomfortable in the morning that I had no idea that there was actual health benefits to the cold water. I had no idea because your sympathetic nervous system is an accelerator. And when you take cold showers, mm. it's activating the sympathetic nervous system. But when I'm breathing out deeply in the cold shower, that's my parasympathetic. So it's my rest and digest. So I'm actually activating this nervous system. So I actually reprogram my nervous system by taking the cold showers. And then also I started to do yoga. I started to do all kinds of things I never did because I stacked these habits, but it started with one habit. Which, yeah. was, which was cold showers. And that got me out of my comfort zone. And so there you go. That's kind of like a way that I went from shame, I shared it with a safe person. And then what I did is I found something, a tool that helped me to just immediately start to have it. Like I had a, the immediate effects with the cold showers, my anxiety. It was like, bam, the first cold shower I ever took, I noticed a reduction in the symptoms. And then eventually, wow. you know, I don't have it anymore. Wow. Oh my gosh. You may be talking me into cold showers. How long do you have to stay in? 
Well, so cold showers, I mean, if you're going straight cold, now it's the summertime, so they're not as cold. So this is the good time to start. So you, if you're going to take a straight cold shower, then you do want to actually read my book or I'll just tell you how to do it. Like you don't want to just jump in. You see these YouTubers with like a million followers and they're like 30 day cold shower challenge with these beautiful camera angles. But then they just jump right into the cold shower and it's hitting them in the face. And it's like, that's not what you want to do. Why would I do that? Why would I just jump into the cold shower, smack, hit, get, that doesn't make any sense. What I do is I gradually get into the shower. Mm. So I let it hit the back of my legs. Then I let it hit my spine because then I'm like, okay, this is cold. And then I turn around and then eventually like you adapt, you acclimate to the shower. And then within 30 seconds, you're like, I can handle this. And then you just take care of, you know, your washing. And then next thing you know, you come out and you're like, whoa, this energy I like. And it becomes addicting. But this, but there's good addictions. You know, there's yeah. good things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. I, one time I was at a spa and I got into that, the cold immersion, um, tank and it was like a quick experience, but I, I can see how having a cold shower would have a massive effect on you. Cause I felt like everything felt different. The, like my body of course felt different. My skin felt different. Um, and my mind was a little bit different and we definitely, you and I definitely speak the language on this whole, like, challenges and habits and rituals and all of those things because I do think that that's what changes our lives and that's how we get to shift our addictions from addictions that do not serve us to addictions that do serve us and I think the part I've been missing and that I'm I'm learning now and that I'm experiencing now is the whole thing you're talking about having the recovery team and I talk about this a lot especially with um, some of the women that I coach I'm doing this women's group coaching uh, series right now. And a lot of women struggle from this like fierce independence. And we think that we have to do things on our own. And I think even if you take the male female out of it, I think as Americans, we become like these rugged individuals and we're like, we can do anything. We can conquer the freaking world. And Hey, that's that, that I have a lot of that. And so what I'm learning about myself and I, what I love hearing what that you're saying is that we have to lean into each other more. There's this whole um, social interaction that's part of our learning and part of our growth that if we don't do that, we really don't have, not only do we not deepen our learning, but we don't have great relationships. Mm -hmm. So I, I love everything that you just shared um, with all of that. And I also wrote down something that's, that's come up on my, um, in my group coaching is this whole concept of action leads to clarity that as we take action, we actually get clearer. Whereas our mind wants us to think that we have to have this whole plan. Um, whereas if we just take action and the plan can just simply be, I'm going to take a cold shower for 30 days. Right. And that's a simple plan. And then you're detached from the outcome and then that kind of gets us into that whole idea that I've talked about on the show and that I know that you totally dig too, Jesse, is like the Newtonian versus the quantum. Well, the quantum is always in motion and always moving and is always energy and potential. So if we're taking action, we're starting to affect the outcome and affect the future. When we're not taking action, we're not really affecting the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look at the new sciences showing that we're, we're made of energy, right? Before when people said they like, yeah, okay, made of energy. Now so they're proving it is energy. Yeah. So like now we know that with quantum physics, which has been around for a very long time, but now we're just, you know, Heart Math Institute, they're just proving that the heart, that the energy 
that, you know, that radiates, radiates from the heart can, can go out, you know, not just three feet or 10 feet, maybe even 25 feet, 50 wow. feet. So the interesting thing about it is that you can actually use that type of knowledge of like, hmm, what's that mean if I'm made of energy? Well, if you're made of energy, then you should eat life-giving foods then. You should eat life, energy-giving foods, like maybe some plants that are fresh and you know organic, and then maybe a juice or something like, because that is the essence of energy. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe I should, you know, do some uh, meditation and like, just a comment on that. If you want to set yourself up for success, have a meditation area. Like I make my life, make my habits automatic because my fridge is filled with those life-giving foods yes. like plants. So when I open it, it's not all this processed food. It's like, oh, there's uh, there's celery, there's my juices, there's apples, like I, there's my choices. So it's not like, oh, there's Cheez-Its, there's this. So I'm like, oh, because I lo-. like it just, and so same with meditation, right? I have a meditation area. So I know like, oh, that area is for meditation. So you don't have to be like, well, I don't have time to meditate. Where am I going to do it? It's like, you already have it set up. You know? Oh, so true. Setting your environment up to have the spaces and to, you know, I love what you're saying about life giving, being surrounded by things that give you life um, and that energize you. And that goes for people too, thinking about the people that you surround yourself with. So yeah, there's so much, there's so much wisdom there and so much to that. And you've mentioned, you've mentioned meditation, you've mentioned um, your eating habits and your cold showers. Um, but anything else that you want to, that you want to mention in terms of your growth and development habits. And I'm actually curious about one specific area because I talk a ton about the morning ritual. I would love to hear as we close out today, I would love to hear what you do at night because you said you have an evening ritual as well. Yeah. So nighttime is really, really an important time. Um, so nighttime for me is I will actually, there's a few things I do, but you know, I'm someone who's not the most flexible person. So one of the things I started to do is a little bit of stretching, believe it or not, before I go to bed, I never did that. I always did that in the morning. So I do a little stretching before I go to bed, right before I go to bed. Then what I'll do is I will, uh, I like to, to do prayer. So I'll do some prayer. And then what I do is again, set yourself up for success right next to my bed. I already have the 16 to 32 ounces of water already next to me. I already have my vitamin already next to me right away. So when I wake up, it's already there. So I prepped. So when I wake up, I'm not going to miss my water because you're dehydrating yourself overnight. And I have my multivitamin. So I already have that out. And then what I do is I actually journal. I've been journaling for 13 years every day. Mm -hmm. And so journaling at night, um, that's not the first thing I do though. So journaling is, is the last thing I do. What I do before that is I actually will take I'll look at my goals that I have for the week and for the year right before I go to sleep. You know, there's, there's people out there who say that if you look at your goals before you go to sleep, you know, who knows what we're doing when we're sleeping, right? We could be going to another, who knows where we're going, right? So I actually want to place those goals into my subconscious and, yeah. and really read them before I go to bed. So I quickly just glance over them. I might check off habits I do. I like checking off certain habits that I'm doing new habits. And then what I do is I will read something inspiring quickly. Like I'll read something, whether it's like maybe something about what we're learning with exchange and like some better asking better questions. I'll actually read something quickly about that. Then what I do is I look at last year's journal. So I take out last year's journal on the same date that's today. And I read last year's journal entry to see how far have I come because we don't give ourselves enough credit. We judge ourselves from now until from January 
2019 till now. We don't judge ourselves from now to seven years ago. If you do that, you're like, yeah. oh my God, I'm a different person. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I wrap the final part up with journaling. So I have a specific journaling practice that I do. I've been doing it for 13 years. So now it's come to a point where I've, it, you, you evolve, you just keep changing it. So yeah. what I quickly do is I just put, um, what was great about today? What were the wins for today? What do I appreciate? What are my ideas from today? And I capture that first. Then I write down anything that just comes to my consciousness. I don't care. I'll just write down, oh, that was cool. That was cool. It's like an evidence journal. And I then and then I go to sleep. Oh my God, that's so cool. I feel like you need to uh, create something for the nighttime routine because you just gave me some really good ideas. I'm pretty solid in my mornings, but now I'm really thinking about, man, how can I how can I have a solid nighttime routine? Cause I got to tell you by the time I get my kids in bed, since I get up at four 30, I am like done. I am done. So I like what you're saying about having everything set up and ready to go. Um, so that you can set yourself up to go into that very powerful state of sleep, which you said is, you know, it's when our subconscious is wide open. So it's important to be thinking about those things. All right. So we're going to wrap up Jesse. I just, I just want you to share like whatever last thoughts, one thing that you want to, you know, make sure that the listeners hear that's either important to you or that can be like a tip or a tidbit for them. You've offered lots of good stuff, but just want to kind of give you one more chance to, you know, round it out. Well, I, I always like to mention intuition. So like trust your intuition. End of the day, before you make a food choice, before you make any decision, like ask the body, ask you your intuition is there always. You know, is this is right from, you know, or lead you to harm? So just always check in with yourself, trust your gut, and make decisions from there. That intelligence versus like the government or whatever intelligence you're trying to get advice from. Like check in with yourself first and then and then make decisions. Oh, I love that. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Jesse, and for sharing so much amazing wis- wisdom with my listeners. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. That's a wrap for this episode of the Morning Light Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share with your loved ones. And for more insights and inspiration, check out my website at firstleadyou.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time.